All right, how many were glad to have Pastor Glenn Bertel with us last week uh, in church? Yeah. <laughs> he preached for an hour at this service. Do you realize that? He preached one hour at the 11 o'clock service. Didn't do that. Made the time limit at all the other ones, but he just kept going and going and going. I'll be shorter today. All right, I'll be a little shorter. All right. But I'll tell you this. Here's what I'm doing part one of part two of a series with the bridge. The bridge is here on purpose. Next week, we're using this for our Easter message, and uh, we're going to be talking about how Jesus is the bridge to forgiveness. And so that's part two. This week is part one, and I kind of wanted to do a message similar to what Pastor Glenn uh, taught last week, and then he came and did that, so I kind of modified it. And so now this is really not part of one of two. It's like, part two of three or part, how many know it's kind of confusing, but it's like the Star Wars thing, right? You saw the first one, it was really the fourth one, and this fourth one was the first one. It's all good, right? It's all good, all right? Some of you are still not there with me. All right, anyways, all right. So this is a message on the bridge of us being a bridge. It's a preview to next week where we're going with this, all right? And I want to tell you, I believe that we are called to be bridges to this world, We are called to be pre-bridges, if you will, to Jesus Christ who is the bridge. He's the one that gets people that are separated from God the Father into a right relationship. He is the bridge. He's the one that paid the price for their sins. But before they can get to the bridge, which is again where we're going next week, before they can get to the bridge, we have to be the pre-bridge. We have to be the bridge builders to them. Because people are far away from God, and there's obstacles that keep them from God. And I believe that as we look into God's Word today, you're going to see that we are called to be bridge builders, building little bridges to people so they can get another step closer to God, so they can realize that God loves them, that God wants to forgive them of their sins, that they can have a right relationship with God, and we need to be bridge builders. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn me to two passages. You can mark one and then go to the other one. You can mark Ephesians 2, and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, because we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about us being bridge builders, about bringing a message to the world that they so desperately need to hear. And we can either be bridge builders or wall builders. And I believe that God has called us to be bridge builders and definitely not wall builders, and we'll see that from these two passages. So 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verse 18 is where I'm starting. It says this, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. All right, so let's take this apart for just a minute here. This is saying that God has, has forgiven us of our sins. We have walked across the bridge, which is Jesus Christ. We are now in a right relationship with Jesus Christ as a follower of his But now we are given a ministry of reconciliation. We are now supposed to go out and build, if you will, those pre-bridges to get people to Jesus Christ. We're there giving them the message that they can be forgiven by God. They can have peace with God. 
And this word here, it says, we have a ministry of reconciliation. I want to point something out here because I think this will set some people free. Some of you think that I don't have a ministry because I don't have a microphone, or I don't have a spot on the platform, or I don't have an instrument, or I don't lead this ministry. I don't have a ministry. This word ministry here means that even the smallest of duties, the the smallest of responsibilities that bring people closer to reconciliation is a ministry. Everything you do in the name of Jesus, every kind act you do, every caring gift that you give, every uh, love gift that you give out to somebody when you give them love and acceptance, everything you do, that's part of the ministry of reconciliation. You don't have to have a microphone. You don't have to have an instrument. You don't have to have a a platform. You are a minister, and you've been given this responsibility. And it really, this word, the ministry of reconciliation, it really carries with it this, this meaning that says mundane activities are still the ministry. Small little things that you think are insignificant are the ministry. When you help someone in your neighborhood, that's the ministry of reconciliation. Pastor Glenn talked about it last week. He talked about playing tennis against someone or doing an activity that he didn't even want to do, but he did it to be in their world and to get there and to show that uh, following Jesus Christ is a good thing and that he's a normal person. That's an act of reconciliation. It's a ministry. Some of you have the ministry of going to your neighborhood barbecue and being there with people and, and, and mingling with people and being in their world. And showing that Christians are real people, normal people, that love people and accept people. It's a ministry of reconciliation. And I don't want you to miss it because some of us see, well, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Well, I guess I'll go buy a bullhorn, you know, and get out there. All right, all you guys, God wants to be. No, that's not what it is, all right? It's not what it is. Kind acts, being normal, being out there and letting them know that God loves them and wants to have, be reconciled to them. Now, this word reconciliation, where it says to be reconciled to God, this message that we have, I want you to be very clear on this, and this is an important thing. It's letting the world know that they can be reconciled to God. They can have all the things that have stood between them and God removed, and that God wants a relationship with them. Now, it's important to grab this from the text here. He's not saying that God needs to be reconciled to the world like he's sitting there like this. And how many know this is a picture that a lot of people have of God? That God's like, go ahead and press me, sinners. You're coming in my presence, you better be ready. I'm angry with all of you, you know? And they have this view. And this is saying, no, 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 God has already done this. God has already opened up his arms. He sent Jesus Christ, the bridge. And he's saying, are you kidding me? I've already done this. My arms are open. Will you go out and tell the world that they can be reconciled back to me? I've already turned. How many know when you're fighting with somebody and you're angry with somebody, when, when you open up, you're like, all right, we're halfway there. Now it's up to you to open up. And God is saying, I'm not angry. I have turned towards you. I'm ready to forgive you. I sent my son. And we're out there with the ministry of reconciliation, telling them that God has his arms wide open and he's ready for them if they'll come back to him, if they'll be right with him. That's an easy message to say. How many are glad you get to go out and tell people that God loves them rather than saying God is angry and hates them? God loves them. He hates the sin, but he loves them. And he says, I want to be reconciled to them. I want them to me. I want them here. And so it's a great message that we have to do. And it just starts with small little things. Don't miss that. 
It starts with small little things. And if we're going to build a bridge to people, and we're going to have the ministry of reconciliation that we can get to the point where we can open our mouth and tell people the message of Jesus Christ, it's going to start with small things. And don't miss that from last week and today. When I did research about bridges, I was looking at different bridges, and I found out that the bridge near Niagara Falls was the first suspension bridge built that a train could go across. A guy said, I think we can go across this huge gap and we could do a suspension bridge that a train could go on. And they're like, you've got to be kidding me. That can't be done. He said, I think it can be done. Now, you know how he started to build a bridge across this huge gap that had never been done before? He flew a kite. He tied a kite to a string and flew the kite across the water. And when the kite got to the other side, a guy grabbed it. And they took the kite string and tied a heavier string to it. And they pulled the heavier string across this gap. Then they tied a rope to it and pulled the rope across. Then from the rope, they tied a cable and pulled a cable across. Then they pulled multiple cables across, all from a kite being flown across this huge gap. I'm telling you what, small little things will bring the reconciliation ministry to people. We can build a bridge with tiny, tiny, tiny little acts that when we put them all together and we put them all together, ultimately, God will build a bridge to them. And he wants to use us to bring the bridge to them. That's why he says, you are Christ's ambassadors. You are Christ's ambassadors. And every one of us here, I want to tell you this. You're an ambassador. You just got promoted. You're an ambassador. That's what it says. We are Christ's ambassadors. And it's if he's making his appeal to the world through us. Now, I just want to say this. If you are an ambassador, and you are, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are an ambassador, what kind of ambassador are you to this world? Are you a good ambassador or a bad ambassador? Are you there representing the kingdom of God because God is saying, I'm making my appeal through you. I'm showing the world how good I am through you. You go and represent me to the world. Go, build pre-bridges and bring them to Jesus. Go, you're ambassadors. How many know that if you're an ambassador for the Lord and you're out in the world and you're living just like them and you're swearing like them and you're getting drunk and you're doing all the things and you're abusive and you're doing all these things, you are a terrible ambassador. And nobody would ever want to move to your country. If you were representing the United States and you were an ambassador to France and you were just mean and rude and you were unkind to people and you mocked them and you were angry with them and you said, we're so much better than you, how many know they're never going to like us? It's never going to happen. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors for God and with that carries a huge responsibility and almost, like, it's almost terrifying a little bit. Because I represent God to my neighbors. You represent God to your co-workers. You represent God to the fellow students at your school. You're his ambassador. And some of us have been doing a terrible job being ambassadors. And we need to repent. We should be living in a way that makes the kingdom of God attractive and building bridges and saying, God, I'm your ambassador and I'm madly in love with you and I'm madly in love with them and I'm, and I'm trying to get them to know you and I'm, I'm here and God, I will do the best thing I can to reach out to the world but still stay a hold of you. Let me illustrate how we should live, I think. Uh, I had an opportunity to go to Paris. I went to Paris years ago. 
I wanted to not like Paris. How many know what I'm talking about? I was like, Paris, the French, whatever. I wasn't being a good ambassador. All right, let's just be honest. All right. But I get there and I ate the pastries like within an hour. And I was like, I love France. Hallelujah. <laughs> These guys can cook, you know. So we were there at, at, in Paris and uh, went to uh, Notre Dame Cathedral. Had to see it. You know, you got it. If you're in Paris, you got to see it. I didn't realize this, but the Seine River goes down, and when it gets to the cathedral, it actually separates, and it goes right and left, and it goes around a little island. And the church is built on an island. It's called City Island. And so there's the cathedral right there, and there's a bridge to the right side, and there's a bridge to the left bank, and the church is in the middle. And as I was thinking about this, I thought that's exactly how we should be as followers of Jesus Christ. Lord, we always have a bridge to the things of God, and we are in love with you. We are after you. We are wanting to be close to you. But Lord, we always have a hand back over here trying to get them to make the step to get in love with you. God, we're staying plugged into you, but we're also staying uh, after these people. And Lord, we're right here. The church is in the middle, and we are God's ambassadors. And you need to be madly in love with God, but you need to care about the people that God cares about that need to meet Jesus as Lord and Savior. You are the pre-bridge builder. You're the ambassador, and that's what God is calling us to do, to go into the world and build bridges. Now, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to continue with this because here's a problem with the church. Instead of building bridges, the church sometimes builds walls. We are not called to be wall builders. We are called to be bridge builders. So Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and here's what had happened to them. They started to feel like they were pretty good people, and they forgot where they came from. They forgot that they needed grace, that they needed forgiveness, and they were starting to have second-generation followers of Jesus, and they were forgetting where they came from. And so the Apostle Paul gives them a little reminder here, and I want to read it for you, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 through 14. He says, remember, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. You were without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. So he's telling the church there, he's saying, guys, remember, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget that you needed grace. And the word remember here is an active daily remembering every day. It's almost like he's telling them, wake up in the morning and remember where you came from. Remember where you came from, that you needed grace and someone brought you the grace and don't ever forget that it was brought to you and you needed grace. Because here's what happens, again, to second generation, third generation, fourth, fifth generation followers of Jesus Christ. And if you are here and your mom and dad found faith or your grandparents found faith and you were raised in a family of faith, let me just give you a little warning here. If you don't watch out, you will start to become hypocritical, you will become judgmental, and you will become a wall builder. You will not be a bridge builder because you will forget that grace was given to your family and you'll think that your family has some pedigree, that you're part of a family that was saved and saved and saved and you'll have a pedigree on you and you'll think that we're all that and we're good and we didn't need grace and you forget that your great, great whoever that came in was not a follower of Jesus Christ 
and that they needed grace and you needed grace and your whole family is straightened up a lot, but don't ever forget where you came from. So if you're second, third, or fourth generation or more, hear this as a warning. You're probably the most likely people to build a wall in this church towards the world. You're going to build a wall and you say, oh, those, I, I can't stand my neighbors. I can't stand my, that's my bad neighbor. Those are my good neighbors. They go to our church. But those ones, ugh, ugh, ugh. My coworkers, oh, Lord, help them all. But not at our church. Huh? And you could start saying things that are so wrong, so wall building. And you can take on an attitude that the world is repulsed by because you forget you needed grace. And that's what Paul is saying. Don't forget you were separate from Christ. You had no hope. You were without God. And don't forget this. You were far away from him, and now you've been brought near. And then in order to draw it really to our attention, the Apostle Paul says you were brought near. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Now, he could have said the death of Jesus. He could have said a lot of things. But here's why I think he said the blood of Jesus. I think he wanted to remind us that our salvation was costly, that it was brutal, that Jesus' blood poured down that cross and Jesus suffered so you could get in. How dare you build walls to a world that so desperately needs bridges? And he was saying that blood was precious. Don't ever think it was just a sanitary little thing. It cost God something and don't ever lose sight that it is a huge charge that you've been given to go into the world and be a bridge builder. And then he goes and tells them right there. He said, he made the two groups one. He destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Let me just explain this with the time I have left. He said, he broke down the dividing wall of hostility. Now, let me explain this so you know where he's coming from. There were Gentiles and there were Jewish people. Jewish people were God's chosen people, and he chose to deliver Jesus Christ through the Jewish people. Anybody that wasn't Jewish was a Gentile. They were on the outside. And so they could only come so close to God, and if they knew that God was the right way and they wanted to worship him, they would come to his temple, and there was a courtyard for them. And in this courtyard, they would worship God, but he was far away because there was a wall of hostility that was built. It was four and a half feet tall. And if you were a Gentile, if you were not Jewish, you could not go past the wall of hostility. So there's a wall of hostility, and I'll tell you why it was in just a minute. Then the next level in was where the women could go. Jewish women could go. Then the next level in was where Jewish men could go, and then the priests could go, and all the way into the high priest, okay? So you have all these levels. There's a wall of hostility here that says outsiders and insiders. And he says, don't forget, you were an outsider, and now God has made us all insiders. Don't rebuild this wall of hostility. Here's why it was called the wall of hostility. There was a little sign there that said, if you're a Gentile and you want to worship God, don't pass this wall. If you pass this wall, you are not one of us, and if you are not Jewish, you will die, we will kill you. That's not very seeker sensitive. How many know what I'm talking about right there? They're like, so you're out there, hostility. It's saying you're out and they're in, and if you want to get close, that's as close as you can come. And Paul says, there's no more wall of hostility God has forgiven you and you're in. You have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Now don't build walls to the world out there. Don't build walls of hostility. Don't make people feel like they're not good enough to come to the church. 
Be willing to say, God loves you. God will forgive you. You're welcome at our church. Come on in. We love you. This is not a hostile place. This is a place that realizes God's arms are wide open, ready to love and forgive. We invite you in, and we will not build a wall of hostility. We will not judge you from where you're at. We will let the Holy Spirit work on you just like he did on us. And we will be bridge builders. That's our goal. Bridge builders, bridge builders, bridge builders. Build bridges so that people can come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And then others will build bridges and more bridges and more bridges. And the neat thing is, once you've been a bridge builder to somebody, they can in turn go and be a bridge builder to somebody else and somebody else. And so I want you to just see a quick little video that talks about bridges that were built from one person to another. Take a look at this. We're Chris and Hannah, and we invited our neighbors, Steve and Heather, to church. We are Heather and Steve, and we were invited by Chris and Hannah, and we've been attending for five years. My name is Susie, and I invited Marzell and also Chris and Chris to church. My name is Marzell. Susie invited me to church. We're Chris and Chris Alosia. We were invited to church almost two years ago, and since then we've been inviting as many people as we can. My name is Joe, and I invited my dad, Jerry, to church. My name is Jerry, and I was invited by my son, Joe, and I invited my friend, Shelly. I'm Shelly, and I was invited to church by Jerry, and I invited my friend, Jenny. Hey, my name is Jenny, and I invited my friend, Lance, to River Valley Church, and he's now my husband, and I also invited my daughter, Erin. My name is Erin, and I was invited to church by my mom, Jenny. My name's Carrie, and my friend Heather invited me to church. I've been here for three years. Hi, I'm Steve, and this is my wife, Jen, and we invited Hannah. Hi, my name's Hannah. I was invited by Jen and Steve. I invited my cousin, Jessica, as well as my fiance, Brandon. Hi, my name is Brandon. I was invited to River Valley by my fiance, Hannah, and I invited my little brother, Jordan. My name is Jordan, and I was invited to River Valley by my brother, Brandon. Hi, my name is Jessica. This is my husband, Josh, and our three children. Hannah invited us, and now we invited our mom. Hi, I'm Patty. I was invited to River Valley Church by my daughter, Jessica. Hi, I'm Natasha, and I invited my friend, Kayla, during one night. I'm Kayla, and I was invited to a one night by my friend, Natasha, and when I got baptized, I invited my mom. My name is Dawn, and I was invited here about a year ago for my daughter's baptism. My name is Paul. I invited my daughter, Andrea, to church. My name is Andrea, and my dad invited me to church. Isn't that great? I don't know about you, but when I was watching that, I was like... That person built a bridge to that person, and then that person built a bridge to that person, and that person, and that person, and that person, and it goes on. And, and, and when any of them stopped, I was like, oh, I want to know how the rest of the story goes. Who did you build a bridge to? Who did you build a bridge to? We are called to be bridge builders. We are called to go into the world and let people know that they can be reconciled to God. It's a privilege that we're his ambassadors. And I pray that you will build bridges. 
So I want to pray that you'll build bridges to people. That we, we left the cross up with all the names on it from last week. We wrote down names of people. We said, God, help us to reach these people. We put a card in your bulletin today with a, a little thing saying, who are you praying for this Easter? Who are you trying to get to come next weekend? Pray for it. Be a bridge builder and let's go and build bridges and not walls. So Lord, I pray right now for our church. All the names we wrote down on the red pieces of paper last week when Pastor Glenn preached. We wrote those names down. Those are real people that mean something to us. We love them and we want to see them find you as Lord and Savior. We want to build bridges to them. And God, these cards that we hold even now from our bulletin today, Lord, we thank you, God, that we can reach out to people. We can pray for them this week. We can put this in our mirror or in our car or something and be able to pray for these people and lift them up. These are real people that matter to you. And so, God, we pray that we'd build bridges to these people so they can meet you as Lord and Savior and they could have peace with God. So, God, help us, Lord, to not be wall builders but to be bridge builders. Lord, for those that are second, third, fourth, fifth generation followers of yours, right now I pray for a freshness and and a remembrance that they would remember they needed the same amount of grace as everybody else. There was a day when their family was on the outside looking in and somebody built a bridge. And God, I pray that they would always be bridge builders and never wall builders. So God, help us to go into this world, build bridges so that people can know you as Lord and Savior. And I'm praying for that. I'm praying for hundreds and hundreds of people to respond when the invitation is given next week, to give their life to Jesus Christ, and to meet Jesus, the bridge that gives them the peace and forgiveness that they've been looking for. So we're in agreement for that, praying for that, and believing for that, that we be bridge builders. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen. If you're going to be a bridge builder, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, if you're going to be a bridge builder, we are bridge builders.